Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. After the Apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 1, Episode 16, Infected. The old man pushed himself to a sitting position, his back against the far wall of the pit. He reflexively clutched at his shoulder and massaged the side that had taken the brunt of the impact. He could hear the steady drip of water falling from the cliff face and the wind pushing dead leaves around up above. He slowly lifted his gaze to the surface level to assess the real enigma. The woman. The woman who had shoved him into the pit was silhouetted against the autumn sky. She squatted at the edge, looking at him. He cursed himself for being incautious, for leaving his pack with his weapons behind, for not keeping the dog with him. He made a mental note to be more cautious in the future. If he survived this current mess. But as he assessed the apparition above him, she appeared more thoughtful than actively hostile, like she was considering him, assessing him, weighing him, and he wondered which way the scales were tipping. Her silhouette couldn't hide the fact that she was a solid and athletically built woman. He could see the flecks of muscle in her thighs and calves as she squatted and noted the broadness of her shoulders. She didn't look soft like many of his former patients in the city, back when he had patients. She looked like someone who worked out and stayed fit, strong but not bulky, and not overly sleek like those urban professionals whose schedules were fixed around cappuccinos, spin classes, and eating disorders. In a different setting, he might have thought her attractive, but age and circumstance Push these kinds of thoughts from his mind. She had her shoulder-length brown hair pulled back into a business-like ponytail. She had the dirt and grime of the apocalypse on her. They all did. No one woke up to a hot shower anymore. He really missed hot showers. To the old man, it seemed like a great irony. Just when he was starting to consider living again... Here he was, in a hole, in the woods, in an archaeological dig. I guess I'm the fossil now, he thought to himself, just when he was beginning to find a purpose and a rhythm in this new world. He was at risk of being extinguished. What was it that one of his buddies had always said in situations like this? God certainly has a sense of humor. He surveyed the dark pit and thought, a man should never have to see his own grave. 
Hello, he offered tentatively. There was no response. The old man slowly and cautiously gathered himself. He stood up, testing his muscles and bones in the process. At least nothing felt broken. The woman tensed, continued to eye him closely, and shifted her weight like a big cat readying to pounce. He eased back against the wall of the pit, continuing to rub his shoulder, assessing her. K.J. watched the man she had shoved into the pit and considered one thing, because there was really only one thing that mattered in this particular situation. Was he a threat? Would she, should she, kill this man? It had been almost ten days since her encounter with Carl at the van. She had been overconfident then, and it had almost cost her. She reminded herself, people are different now, unhinged from civil actions and attitudes. There was no rule of law. She was her own law now. She assessed the man in the pit. He was not physically big, probably a couple inches shorter than she was, thin and wiry. He didn't look like a threat, but you never knew. The apocalypse could have made him crazy or unlocked his existing crazy. She was learning that crazy beat size in the apocalypse, and crazy didn't follow any rules. She had been staying at the dig site for a couple of days. Somehow she had done something to her toe in that encounter with Carl at the camper. She had taken off her shoe and seen it was swollen and red and pus had started to ooze from under the nail. Now she couldn't even get the shoe back on. It hurt like hell to walk on it. The irony wasn't lost on her, that she probably hurt herself kicking the pile of garbage Carl. It would be a pyrrhic victory if she won the fight but lost her foot. Now, what to do with this potentially crazy old man? She was willing to believe that not everyone was a threat, but that had not been her experience so far. Before the apocalypse, you could give someone the benefit of the doubt. After the apocalypse, she had learned to trust no one. What now? The voice of the man in the pit brought her back to reality. He sounded calm. He wasn't being aggressive. Of course, he was at a significant disadvantage. But not sounding crazy was a start. She did not respond. Do you want something? He continued. Still, she did not respond. She had a decision to make. Getting caught up in conversation wasn't going to help her make that decision. The old man considered her again. His brain flashed an image from an old book or play he had read. What was it? Euripides. Homer? Shakespeare? He forgot the book, but recalled the image of a warrior queen. I'll just call you Hippolyta. He paused, slightly impressed with himself. Do you know who that was? She didn't answer. Queen of the Amazons, he pronounced rather grandly. He grinned up at her, waiting for a response. If he was going to get snuffed out in a hole, in the dirt, he might as well say what he was thinking. It fit, he thought. 
She was Amazonian in nature and form. She was fit, muscular, and athletic, under the crust and grime that they all wore. Amazonian. Martial and intimidating in her demeanor. She had a hard look about her. No nonsense, used to getting her way. Amazonian. Her feet were just above his eye level now. Curiously, one foot displayed a dirty sock and the other was bare. The bare foot was dirty brown like worn leather and the big toe didn't look good. Janet, for her part, considered this new line of conversation about Amazons and thought, this one just might be crazy. Are you alone? she asked. Yes and no, he paused and smiled. I have a dog waiting patiently for me somewhere close by. He's a very loyal dog, and I don't know why, but he likes me and doesn't like others. You probably don't want to tangle with him. You might win the fight in the end, but I think you'd lose some skin in the process. She raised her eyes and glanced around. She looked back at the man, shifted her weight, and stared down with a heavy look of malice. I could kill you in that hole and take my chances. The old man looked at the ground and thought about that. I suppose you could, he finally concluded with an exhale, be like shooting fish in a barrel. Although that probably isn't your biggest problem right now, he continued, changing the subject. You see, I'm a doctor, a vascular surgeon, as it turns out. Her eyes widened a bit. He saw her reaction and smiled inwardly at the power of that statement. How people, on discovering you're a doctor, treated you differently, like you had some sort of life-over-death superhero powers. How was he to know that her look was more due to a deep-seated mistrust and resentment of doctors, especially surgeons? He pressed his perceived advantage anyhow. He smiled, nodded, and kept speaking in that low, soothing doctor voice of his. That toe is infected. Without treatment, you risk gangrene. It's not going to get better by itself. She glanced down at the toe and back at him. It had been getting worse. There was the pain, but now it was feeling hot. She knew that was not a good sign. Kicked something, she said, and let that hang there without further explanation. He let that go for now and returned to his point. Do you know how it ends for you? He asked. Untreated, it will spread to the foot, the leg, and eventually you'll die of sepsis. It's not pretty, he continued, warming to his topic. Although you might be able to amputate your own foot, if that sounds like fun to you. He paused for a dramatic effect. Maybe a bit too long and spread his arms with his hands up like a statue of Jesus. So I guess you have a choice. He paused again for effect. You can be attacked by a big dog and die a horrible death in a couple of weeks. He raised one hand, looked at it as if he held that choice, and smiled again. Or, raising the other hand, I can come up there and fix that for you. Then he added on a whim, and I'll make you a new pair of sandals in the bargain. What's it going to be? She watched him give his pitch. She had seen so many of these sanctimonious bastards give pitches, 
trying to talk their way out of accountability in the courtroom, thinking they knew more than their patients. She could rid the world of one more cockroach right here, right now, make the world a better place. But wasn't that what they always said about lawyers, that the world would be better off without them? That world was gone. She wasn't a lawyer anymore. She was a survivor. He sounded like a doctor. What he said was true. She'd worked on enough liability cases to know how people died of sepsis. Typically, after some pretentious doctor like this one sewed a surgical instrument up inside them. It's your lucky day, she said, not smiling, and thought to herself, I'm not going to kill you. Yet. She looked at him hard and long, shook her head, unfolded from her crowd, and reached for the ladder. She lay on an impromptu bench with her foot propped up, while the old man who might be a doctor fussed over it. It's not too bad. The old man dropped into a clucking monologue. I've seen worse. I can clean it, drain it, and wrap it, but we really should get you some antibiotics. Janet winced as he poked at the toe with a knife. The old man shrugged. Sorry, it's gonna hurt. Not much I can do about that. Bill the dog lay on the ground next to them, watching and curious of this newcomer. He had greeted her with a few sniffs and pushed his big head into her lap for some love, wagging that big brush of a tail. The old man considered that a good sign. Dogs were usually a good judge of character, but then again, he hadn't known this dog very long. Maybe the dog just liked anyone who didn't immediately threaten him. The old man had his back to the woman now as he worked on the toenail. You might want to grab hold of something he said to her. I've got to get under the nail, and this is gonna hurt like hell. She grabbed a grapefruit-sized jagged rock in one hand and squeezed it hard, trying not to scream. Her whole body tensed as the pain shot through her like a searing hot metal shard. What the hell was he doing? What kind of butcher had she let at her toe? She considered the jagged rock in her hand and the back of the old man's head. Bill the dog tensed forward from his crouch a couple of inches. The old man looked at the dog and then in the direction of the dog's attention, he frowned. Almost done. You're doing great. Hang in there. Almost done. Janet rolled up her shirt, stuck it in her mouth, clamped down and nodded back at him in confirmation. He cleaned the infection out as much as he could and wrapped it with bandages from the small camping med kit he had. He finished the job with some duct tape. That would make a solid protection around the wound. There was a chance that it might heal on its own if it could be kept clean. K.J. allowed a grim smile at the duct tape, remembering Carl trussed up in the dirt. The old man considered his work, not emergency room standards, but would for a field wrap. Okay, we're all done for now. We're going to have to keep it clean. You probably won't be able to walk well for a couple of days. He looked at her. We really should get you some antibiotics.
We? Janet considered to herself. Hadn't she just recently been considering killing this man? And now he's talking like there is some sort of team. And where do we find those? She asked, speaking slowly and clearly without emotion. I don't know, he replied. I suppose we're just going to keep a lookout and check any buildings we come across. See what we can find. A better question, he continued, looking around, is how are you going to travel? Any chance the truck would start? He asked. She shook her head. No gas. If it would start, it probably wouldn't be here. We'll have to rig something up, he concluded. He didn't know why, but this woman felt familiar. Had he known her in another life? He had wanted to stay alone out here, had preferred being alone, had finally gotten used to being alone. Now he had a dog, and now this woman. God help him, but the company of another human made him feel better. Being able to help her to practice his art, his calling it, touched him with a familiarity of purpose that made him feel alive. More alive than he'd felt in months. Not such a bad thing to feel in the apocalypse. Janet's toe had morphed from searing pain to a dull throb as the old man wrapped it. He seemed to have done something positive with it. Maybe he was a doctor. She still didn't trust him. She still sensed a little too much crazy in him. She could, she would, still take his life if she had to. But it seemed like she'd be less than mobile for the foreseeable future. He and the dog, if they could be trusted, could help her get past this point of vulnerability. After that, she would reassess his usefulness. Call it a truce, then, she thought. She would suffer his presence, but keep her guard up. Treat it as a probationary period. There was some cart-type things in the back over there. Maybe we could cannibalize them. Improvise some sort of litter, she suggested. The man smiled broadly at the suggestion and wandered off into the dig site with renewed purpose. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my apocalypse surviving friends. How are we doing this week? Are you managing to stay one step ahead of the evil undead as civilization crumbles around you? If so, good for you in the immortal words of Bill Murray. So you got that going for you. This week, chapter 16, 16 chapters in, we finally bring our two protagonists together, the old man and Janet and Bill. So I guess that's three protagonists. I was going to title this chapter, the early, early versions, the early edits, uh, it was titled Meet Cute as a satire on all the Hallmark movies ever made. My, my wife watches these. You know the ones, right? So somewhere in Act 1, the slightly attractive woman who has to go back to the town of Christmas Valley because her family's cupcake business is in danger of being taken over by an evil developer and her father is sick, right? That Act 1? Well, anyhow, somewhere in Act 1, she stumbles into traffic and almost gets run over by a slightly attractive man who she immediately hates. But you can tell there's a spark there. That's the meat cute. Anyhow, <laughs> except in my meat cute, she wants to bash his head in with a rock. So, spoiler alert, I'm not a big fan of shoehorning in romantic subplots uh, into science fiction novels. So, I don't see these two ever having that kind of relationship, but I'm willing to write it in if you want to. You know, it would be a challenge. A couple of questions and announcements for you. First, I have set up a Facebook group for this show. Actually set it up a long time ago, but it has been lying fallow. I will start to populate it with these outros and scripts and whatnot. So the link... Uh, to find it, if you want to search, is Old Man Apocalypse. It's all one word. And the link is here in the show notes. It's a private group, so I have to accept you. But I think that's for the better. Because if I set it to public, it gets all spammy in a hurry. So go out and join up so we can trade stories and I can get some feedback. Uh, my first order of business here is to post some fan art that my buddy Dave's daughter drew for us. And I think she did a pretty good job. Take a look. Tell me what you think. But I, she she hews pretty close to, to what I had imagined these characters to look like. So I had a question. Did any of you get lost in the timeline here? Meaning, I left the cliffhanger in episode 13, I think it was 13, where the old man gets pushed in the pit, right? And then I dropped back for two episodes to fill us in on what Janet has been up to. Then I brought the timeline back together at the pit. Did I lose you? I had one of my readers get confused, so, you know, that would be a good thing for you to leave on the Facebook group, right? Tell me if you got lost. Also, over the last two weeks, I figured out how to manage the integration of Acast and Patreon, and I set it up so I can create bonus episodes, and if you are a patron, you get them exclusively. I have already dropped in one bonus episode from another Apocalypse Universe that I play in called The Dead Frontier, and I'm going to uh, drop another one, which I read an early Vonnegut story called to be, are, not to be. 
which happens to be in the public domain. So I read it out, and I'm going to keep doing these kind of bonus episodes for patrons. So go to the Patreon page and sign up as a member and get extra cool, good stuff. This week, I'm going to refer you to an apocalypse movie from 1962 called Day of the Triffids. So this is based on a novel of the same name by James Wyndham from 1951. It was a very big deal in the UK. This is a one of the interesting things about this is it's a UK centric apocalypse uh, genre thing, very UK specific, very popular. And it was remade and modernized in 2009 as a BBC series with, among other people, Eddie Izzard and Vanessa Redgrave. And you can see both of these versions for free on YouTube. And I remember seeing this as a kid on one of the B-horror movie, you know, science fiction shows that I liked to watch when I was a kid. And it always stuck with me. It's basically a zombie apocalypse. But instead of zombies, there's carnivorous plants walking around England. And in the original novel, the plants were created by the Soviets. And they were kept in thrall because they produced oil. So they sort of captive these genetically modified plants and got oil out of them. In the 2009 version, the Soviets are replaced by mindless corporations. You know, it's fitting. We got to update. The, so the interesting twist in this movie is that there's a meteor shower that makes 90%, something like 90% of the population go blind. So you get this interesting apocalyptic mix-up with wandering killer plants and disabled people. So it's kind of it's kind of horrific, actually, and that's what it's supposed to be. But this movie had was the originator, I think, of some of the classic apocalypse tropes that you will recognize in more modern tales. So the first one, probably the mo- most important one, is the waking up in the hospital and everything has gone to shit trope. And this is this is the opening. The protagonist has been unconscious or otherwise waylaid in a hospital bed and misses the events at the beginning of the apocalypse, right? Think Walking Dead. Think 28 Days Later, the awesome 2002 Danny Boyle zombie film. Both of these reference this device from Triffids. Another device here is the, hey, we survived the apocalypse. Let's have an orgy trope, which is one of my favorites. I don't think I've ever watched or read an apocalypse treatment that doesn't have a scene where the survivors figure the best response to an apocalypse is to have a big party slash orgy. And it's usually the army guys, right? I guess that says something about human nature because I can totally see that being a response to the apocalypse. Let's get drunk and have sex. And another interesting theme here, pioneered is this sort of uprising of a an abused subclass to overthrow their masters. And you'll see this a lot in science fiction. In this case, it's the plants. They turn against their masters. But there's a this is a deeper theme. And especially in 1962, some of these earlier science fiction treatments, and especially in 1962 England, there was a real fear of the people's the British Empire had colonized turning around and taking England over. 
And I suppose that's true today as well. Anyhow, I'd recommend all of the Triffid pieces with a bottle of beer, a bag of salty snacks, and a comfy couch on a rainy afternoon. Those are my thoughts for the week. Remember to like us, leave a review, forward to your friends and your enemies. Go forth and join that new Facebook group so we can trade ideas. And above all, keep surviving. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.